Hello and welcome to the Thriving Families podcast. I'm Anna and this is the podcast which aims to provide a safe and non-judgmental space for us to be able to talk about children and young people with additional support needs. Thriving Families and I are based in the Highlands of Scotland and we're hoping to connect people to support us in feeling less isolated and being able to recognise that you're not the only one. Well, hello and thanks for joining me. This is going to be the last podcast of 2021. That kind of shocks me, like 2021 felt like the future when it started, so I'm struggling to comprehend that it's going to be 2022. So I thought it was appropriate to talk in this podcast about the kind of holiday season, as we may call it, or Christmas, the school break, the winter break, whatever you like to call it. Um, I think it is a time that does come with a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and that's something I've been hearing a lot of um, in my job over the last few weeks. So I thought it was a good idea just to kind of put the word out there and say, hey, look, you're not the only person struggling at this time of year. There's lots of us that find it really difficult and especially within families who have children with additional support needs because there's already heightened anxieties and heightened stress and that gets exaggerated and made more difficult over the holidays. That can be hard to understand if you're not in it and and that's one of the difficulties of getting people to understand why this might be a difficult time of year. For some people this might be seen as their favourite time of year, maybe life does seem like a Christmas movie but that's not the reality for most of us and and I actually think a lot of people recognise, no matter what their family circumstances, that life is not a Christmas movie. So I was going to talk about kind of what the triggers are to the kind of what could be seen as this period of time where there might be quite a lot of disruption and ups and downs um, and how it might feel as a parent or a carer. And then um, maybe some ideas of things we can do to try and support ourselves. So from my personal experience and professional experience, I think a lot of the triggers to what might become quite a challenging time for people, and this can be over all sorts of holidays, whether it be the winter holidays, the Easter or the spring break or the summer holidays, any kind of break can make a difference to people. Now, this period of time, which I'm going to call it the Christmas holidays, um, I think it's because we have a lot of expectations And there's all these kind of, you know, perfect images of how Christmas should be and what it should be like. And so I think we we kind of have these inner built expectations about what the time is going to be like. And we feel guilty if we're not achieving that. So essentially, I think it causes a difficulty because the trigger is basically the change in routine. So whether that is the ending of school whether or not that is the ending of your home education routine. Okay, there is usually a break in school and work routine um, and, and that's an instantaneous change. For a lot of families with children with additional support needs, routine is really key. It's how we get through each day because we need to plan and we need to be organised and we need to keep a predictable timetable to keep things manageable. So losing that core kind of big element of our routine can cause a huge amount of anxiety and in comparison for some families it's the uh, they love the lack of routine because it just means everyone can do what they like and I suppose that's why people may struggle to understand if routine is such a big part of your life why it can be difficult 
The Christmas holidays also tend to be the one where everything seems to shut down. So any extracurricular or social activities that you may engage with tend to shut down. And so for a lot of people, that's our support network. And we thankfully in the summer periods and sometimes in the spring periods, these things still tend to exist and tend to run. But the winter time, it does tend to be a shutdown of services and that makes things a real challenge. So not having options of things that you might have usually gone and done when you're off on holiday is taken away from you. And so you really focused more within your own family and your more home. So that that's a challenge. Um, we also get some, you know, it's the time where people tend to make the effort to engage more with family and friends. And I suppose this has really been impacted last Christmas and this year as well because of the pandemic and what's going on. But traditionally, um, there is that kind of added pressure and whether or not it's a positive or a negative for everybody, it's different, um, of engaging more with your family and friends. And this may include a lot more travel. For some families, it may be a huge amount of travel and travel in itself can be a trigger for a lot of young people with additional support needs, especially if it's something that is, you know, only done on a special occasion. So it can be difficult um, to go through with that. So it can be quite intense. Um, therefore, seeing people that you're not used to seeing is also can be a challenge for all of us, you know. We think about, again, it's like those movies where everyone's hugging each other in the airport and so happy to see each other. And actually, we all know the reality that when we engage with family and friends for a quite an intense period of time, we're not used to living with each other. So <laughs> we don't maybe always spend a huge amount of time together. And although it's lovely to see people who tend to maybe rub each other up the wrong way or things get stressed, we have different opinions, you know, it, it is a challenge in reality. <clears throat> so we have to do our best to work it out and if you're already really kind of focused on meeting the needs of your child it's kind of an added stress that you don't really need just being yourselves at Christmas maybe in your everyday family that you see on a daily basis is going to be more intense because without the routines of education and work then you know the time you're spending together is more intense so suddenly you maybe go from having kind of you know, 18 hours together a day to having 24 hours together together every day. And so there's that change in relationships and what you do. And, oh, usually you get a bit of breathing space away from each other and suddenly you don't have that. So that within itself causes a trigger. And then my favourite <laughs> is the increased sugar level that I find over this time of year. Now, again, because it's not maybe such an issue um, in the summer because it goes on for longer, so you can routine it. But, you know, it's like an expected treat that hot chocolates and uh, are OK for every day and chocolate in the morning, whether it's chocolate coins or, you know, there's just sweeties everywhere you look at this time of year. And um, we know that some children, that sugar rush is, is just going to, Dis dysregulate them and make it more challenging but you feel really guilty as a parent if you don't kind of let them indulge because that's all part of the, the jolly season is it not so you get that whole level of guilt and it makes it really difficult so just having everything kind of in your face and that goes along I think with the intensity of this time of year of Christmas so Christmas lights all over the place Christmas decorations up everywhere lights in the street it can all be a trigger to things that make it really difficult for young people with additional support needs. And it, it can make it really difficult. We tried as a family. Um, I was, we're lucky to live in a village where people have beautifully decorated their houses inside and out. And there's all sorts of 
glorious lights going on. But um, my daughter really struggles with flashing lights because she has an eye condition. Um, and the any kind of flashing lights just intensifying, it, it becomes a lot worse. So in the dark, seeing those lights is really difficult. Now, the lights have increased this year. So last year it wasn't such a stress, but this year just going out for a walk in the evenings has become it's impossible because she's really distressed so you know we're wearing low hats and shaded glasses and and different things to make it cope but the safest option seems to be to avoid certain routes or just actually not to go out and just to do things differently with this with ourselves and change our routine so we don't have that upset because the upset happens and then it takes a, a good hour or so to calm down so all of these things kind of are triggers to changes within your normal family routine so how does it feel and I mean I touched on that a little bit before like I said the the kind of sugar things make me feel guilty because I feel guilty for not allowing them to maybe indulge as much as maybe I would but I know that already there's hyperactivity in my house and the added extra sugar so we do indulge but I try to kind of not be too much um, so how does it feel as a parent or a carer? Well, from me talking to people and listening to the people who are speaking to me and from my own experience, well, it's pretty exhausting, yeah? Um, parenting is exhausting the whole time. So add all these extra triggers and pressures on and you are really, you know, digging at the end of your energy levels. So it's a really kind of anxious time. It feels like a battle. So I think for a lot of families, they have talk to me about yeah literally it, it's like you're plowing on every day and you're forcing yourself through that season and I think we have to get to a level of acceptedness of um accepting that this time of year is difficult and trying to stop battling it and trying to work out the way that works for us as a family to not put those extra pressures on ourselves I think some of those pressures comes from paranoia maybe sometimes for some of us in that we constantly feel judged by our behavior and how we are within our family and how we parent our children and how we care for them and sometimes even without realizing it we feel judged by other people now I do believe that that can increase during this period of time um, and I don't think sometimes people are purposely judging you but you may personally be anxious feeling that they are and I think subconsciously some people may judge you because they have a more ignorance about the situation and so they don't really understand and so they're comparing it to the only thing they know. So things may seem a little odd and I mean that in that people's parenting styles differ. So, you know, depending on whatever parenting style you're doing is the best way for your family and when you have a child with additional support needs, you know that you really have to be adaptable to their needs. And most parents and carers of young people with additional support needs have done huge amounts of work and research and training and reading and talking to people to learn to manage and to create the best situation for their family. And so the parenting techniques and strategies that they're using are because they work, not because we want to present it to anybody else, but because that's what we need for our families. So whether you are, you know, very therapeutic um, in your parenting style or very nurturing um, maybe be seen as permissive or you're very maybe seen as strict or authoritarian, I don't really like that word, but having very clear boundaries, 
you know, whatever that is for your family, that's because that is what works for you as a family in order to give you the best family experience and to enable your child to grow and be healthy and be the best they can be. But if someone's not used to seeing somebody parent like that, then they give you a funny look maybe, you know, not not through rudeness, but just through, oh, never seen someone parent like that before. What are they doing? Like, I wouldn't respond to my child in that way. And it makes us very self-conscious. So if you are spending time with family and friends who you maybe only see once a year or every now and again, I mean, this year we may not have seen people for a couple of years and families change all the time and you're having to constantly change your strategies and techniques to try and support your children. So people may kind of make a comment about what you're doing or how you're handling a situation, you know, and and that really unsettles us and can raise a lot of feelings for a parent or a carer. So, you know, people recognising that your child's emotional age is very different to their actual age. So recognising, oh, that, you know, cry baby, you know, maybe you have a, a child who cries a lot and, you know, maybe because their actual age is 10, but emotionally they're only a four-year-old and someone who's not seen them for a couple of years now that may be more visible to them and they think that's odd, but simply because they don't know the situation. But you, you're meeting the needs of your child's emotional age and so treating them how they need to be treated and supporting them the way they need to be supported. It may be that you have, you know, your child um, uses a, a tablet or a screen or plays the computer a lot and people make judgments. Well, you know, wouldn't let my child use that for so many hours. And it's all about recognising, you know, maybe this is a survival or a safe place for my child and this is what they need at that time, especially if their routine is messed up. So you make those decisions uh, ready for, you know, to for the best interest of your child and we don't need other people judging it. And so you become paranoid that people might be thinking that even if they're not. Um, maybe the situation of food is a big issue at this time of year, isn't it? Being around the table, all eating together, eating the traditional food. And, you know, maybe you have a teenager who's still eating with their fingers and people think, oh, that's bad table manners. But maybe you're just really happy that they're eating and they're sat at the table. Or maybe they're not sat at the table and you've let them go and eat on their own somewhere else because food is an issue. Or, you know, it's there's so many different situations that people might not necessarily understand. And we can become very anxious about the judgment of other people. And it really is a mindset that you need to get into to recognize that if someone's going to judge me, that's their issue, not mine. But it can become a real challenge to get to that point. Um, let's see other things that people might find a little bit odd. I don't know. A child who is nurturing themselves by wrapping themselves in a blanket or maybe they have a sucky or a, a toy. You know, there's all these different things that a child is self-soothing. They're hiding away in a box for a very long time or, you know, wanting to wear their headphones and their sunglasses inside. You know, all of these things which our children are doing to help regulate their emotions and to help keep themselves calm and be able to adapt to the different situations that are happening at the moment. And as a parent or a carer, you're doing your best to support them in that. And that's fantastic. So keep doing it. And we need to not so worry so much about other people's perspectives. And it is an opportunity to be able to explain to people or have that discussion to say, yeah, this is something that works for us. This what's, you know, this is why we're meeting their needs in this way. So it can be a positive time to be able to have that conversation. But I think sometimes you're just too exhausted to have that conversation because your whole life is about it. So 
what we need is for other people to maybe just you know be accepting of it and most people will be you know but and we need to not put that pressure on ourselves to really be concerned or really worry about what other people are thinking you know if our child is regulating themselves whatever way they need then we should be celebrating that so I think you just have to kind of get to a point where you accept that some people don't get it and they won't get it unless they are in it. And if they do get it and they are able to develop their own kind of understanding and be supportive, then isn't that amazing? And that means that, you know, you you can recognise that that's a safe place for you to go as a family and where your child can feel safe, where you can feel safe and not judged. And it can build those relationships and that can be a really nice thing to do. So how else can you cope? So it is a it's as a parent or a carer, I think it is about how being in the right headspace for yourself and being able to how do I get through this period of time? And so you can be in that headspace by giving yourself time where possible. So if you have a support network of a partner or maybe it's a parent or a grandparent, that you know, use that time and try to slot in and create yourself um a little bit of self-care time. So it's you know really important and, and that could be five minutes of doing something you know it can be five minutes of just being um in your room on your own and just doing some breathing exercises or it might be a 20 minute bath whatever it is and it doesn't need to be a huge amount of things you know it can be just tiny little breaks that going off and just doing something yourself it might be that you love pinterest so you just want five minutes of guilt-free pinteresting looking at beautiful kitchens not that i would know anything about that (laughs) So, you know, it's what do you need just to kind of take that moment for yourself, just to walk out the room and take a moment to put yourself back into a healthy place in your mind so that you can go back out there and be the parent that you need to be. So self-care is really important and it, it can look like so many different variations and so many different things for different people. So find your own way that works for you. Um, make your own home family routine. I think that's really important. If you know that's a big trigger with the loss of the schedule and everything, um, then you need to make a family routine of, you know, this is what we do in the mornings. This is when we're having lunch and dinner. You know, keep that program for yourself. We can have um, individual time. We can have family time. And it might be options. It depends on how your setup works for you. It might be options that you have for your family. It might be organized activities. And some of us are better at this than others. Yeah, Google it. There's plenty of kind of activities and ideas on the internet. Um, and what some of us are better, some of us you know, we'll have lots of kind of toolkits that we can go to to get activities out and ideas, things to do. But you do what you need to be able to do for yourselves. So for us, it's usually home time in the morning, um, walk in the afternoon, um, some sort of, you know, creative activity, some sort of screen time activity. We kind of have an informal schedule and that does kind of work for us at the moment, but it will adapt and change to whatever the holidays bring along. But you know, I do have a kind of schedule in my head. Um, and the kids, we do talk about it. Um, and that is, you know, a good aspect of it is ask everybody, what would you like to do? Shall we pinpoint this down? Shall we make a family plan if we need to of something everybody wants to do? And so people know it's there. So they're feeling heard, they're feeling listened to, they feel involved in that routine. And that can be a treat in itself. You know, it's whatever, um, that needs to happen in my house that would be probably 
<laughs> someone might choose YouTube time to watch baby dolls at the moment. Someone else may choose Star Wars time. We may say, let's give some options for things to do as a family. And that might be um, Lego building competition between, you know, one to one. Or it may be simply playing dollies. You know, people have a choice um, and that's really nice if we can put that into that kind of scheduled routine. So there's some safety and reassurance there that they're going to get to do things they want to do as well. They don't have to just be forced to watch mummy's traditional Christmas movies. So prioritising your family needs is really a, the biggest thing, I think, over this time of year. So what does your family need? What do you know? We don't need to think about what anybody else needs. It's what they need. So if they need to be at home in a family routine and be able to be in their pyjamas and to be able to eat um, chips on Christmas Day, then that's what your family needs, you know? And it is about doing that before we think about what's happening externally, you know? We have to kind of acknowledge that, yes, this is a period of time where people like to spend time with family and friends but that might not just work for you right now and I do think if you kind of acknowledge your family and friends and explain to them and you know make time so you know it might be that you say I'm going to see you in the new year when the normal routine is back can we do a Christmassy lunch can we go on a Christmassy walk you know you can accommodate the seeing of family and friends but in a way that can work for you so that people understand you know you might have a virtual Zoom because it's too difficult to get out and the circumstances are making this really difficult right now. So it's about, you know, don't ignore your family or your friends because actually they, they probably do want to be engaged even though they don't quite understand everything that's going on. You know, they're there to help you and to support you in whatever way they can to however they can. So acknowledge them and don't just ignore them and be like, no, we can't come because it's too difficult for us adapt it to be like oh well maybe we can do it in this way that suits us or maybe I can connect in separately you know it's okay to do things like that so try and do get that for yourself if that's what you need but just work it in a way that works for you guys um don't compare I think that's a massive massive issue that we all do hugely in life we look at what is on social media, you know, whether it's piles of presents or children looking dressed perfectly and eating lovely around the table, singing Christmas carols around the tree together. Um, whatever it is, you know, that's somebody else's life. And social media is not the be all and end all. And it's not the truest form of seeing what people's lives are like. You know, I don't take pictures of the meltdowns of walking around the village of my child screaming hysterically of the lights. <clears throat> but I do take a child of them looking lovely dressed up before we go for a walk. So, you know, people don't get a true picture from what we see. And we need to really not judge and to not compare ourselves to other people because everybody is unique. Whether or not they're a family with children with additional support needs or not, every family is going to have struggles. So I think we just need to maybe remember that and be like, yeah, look, they had a lovely picture. Most of us can do a set up planned picture. That's okay. Some of us can't. It maybe takes, you know, 50 shots and then it just doesn't work because there's a meltdown. But you know, we can Photoshop. <laughs> so it's not the be all and end all. You don't need to compare. Your family is who it is and you just need to celebrate and accept who they are. Because if you can accept who you are as a family and what's going on for you guys, it is so much easier to cope 
and to engage and to believe and celebrate the little things and and be happy with the small joys and be so grateful for those five minutes of positive engagement you got or the time they picked up a fork and used it at the dinner table isn't that lovely maybe the time they sat at the dinner table and um, maybe the smile they gave you whilst they were holding your hand sitting on the sofa whatever it is those are the little things that really really matter and you know that's I suppose that's why we parent and why we care is all those little moments isn't it I don't think we'll be looking back and celebrating the sleepless nights but I think we'll be looking back and thinking of those small interactions and those one-to-ones and for me that's what we need to try and think about for this time of year is to just think here's my family look at them look at the uniqueness think about the happy moments think about the best moments and use that to celebrate and to be grateful because that's what this time of year is meant to be about, isn't it? It's meant to be about giving and parents and carers of young people with additional support needs are super giving all year round. So celebrate yourself. Yep. Celebrate yourself and do the best you can. Okay. And please have the best Christmas or the best break or the best seasonal winter holidays, whatever you want to call it, make it the best it can be for you without any pressure. (laughs) just enjoy it just be okay just try to take that time and just be as a family and as an individual and don't compare please just take it one step at a time and keep breathing okay i will see you all in 2022 thanks for listening today and remember you can find us at www.thrivingfamilies.org.uk and you can also follow us and find out any updates on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.